Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hay Wiley, associate producer Armani Buckets. How are we doing? I'm all dandy right now in wonderful Las Vegas, so I'm, I'm having a good time actually. I think I had a little too much fun yesterday, but it was so ah. awesome. Yeah, got my secret pizza in, so very happy. Yeah, listen, this is, uh, we kind of have both cities covered. We're in Las Vegas, we're in Los Angeles, we are in Southern California, and we had a big game last night at, I guess we could still call it the Staples Center, even though the signage is down. I did not expect the exterior signage to come down so quickly, mainly because they said that the exterior signage for the new Crypto.com Arena may not be up until June. So we might be going six months without a sign outside of the arena formerly known as the Staples Center. But a big game last night for the Lakers. Uh, again, they were 12-12 and 12 coming off that loss to the Clippers. Um, I wrote in the morning column that, that, that they are kind of on the way to perhaps one of the most disappointing seasons in franchise history. And because you begin a season with the hope and expectation of not only winning a championship, but you have five future Hall of Fame players. And so I know they have not been 100% healthy, but I, I, I don't think with this particular team, you could have expect, expected 100% health the entire way. And I've seen the big three enough. I've seen them healthy enough. And to be honest, the first 24 games of the season was where they were supposed to make some hay when you look at the teams they were going up against. I mean, playing some of the worst teams in the league, playing the Thunder twice, losing to the Thunder twice. So um, th this has not gone the way that they would have thought. But they went above 500 last night, defeating the Boston Celtics 117-102. That's always good when you can beat the Celtics. But, you know, quite frankly, the Lakers are 13-12. and 12. The Celtics are 13-12. and 12. When you talk about 
turning point moments of the season. Perhaps that this could be one. But the issue that I have for the Lakers is that whenever they have a really good win, that you could say, hey, you know, maybe this could be like a turning point moment for the team. Here's why I, I kind of push back on that somewhat. You know, when when you look at their last three wins, and probably this is probably their best win since they beat the Heat uh, a month ago, their last three wins have come against the 13 and 12 Celtics, the 8 and 14 Sacramento Kings, and the 4 and 16 Detroit Pistons. Their three wins previous to that against the 8 and 12 Pacers, 4 and 12 Pistons, and 4 and 9 Spurs on the season. They only have four wins against teams who are above 500, and none of these teams are teams that I consider to be championship contending teams. They they beat the Celtics, they beat the Heat, they beat the Cavs who are 13 and 12, they beat the Grizzlies who are 14 and 10. I don't know. I mean, I I want to get everyone's thoughts on sort of you know the way that you view the the win. Last night, and again, the pushback that I got on Twitter from fans is, hey, listen, we're only 25 games into the season. And I guess my response is, I mean, I think that that's enough of a sample size for, for, for me to say, is this a championship team? And quite frankly, um, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. They may even be as high as a number four seed. I think they could win the first round. But do I think I've seen anything at this point in the season that leads me to believe that in the second round that they have enough to beat the Suns, that they have enough to beat the Warriors? No. Armani, what, what, what did you watch the game last night and, and kind of like, am I wrong here? I mean, this is a decent team. I'm not saying that this is a, a terrible team. But when you talk about, about a team that was projected to be a championship team, and again, that's not just by fans. The GMs in the league thought so as well. The sports books thought so as well. There was a lot of people who get paid uh, to do this in terms of setting odds and drafting players and, and things like that who, who thought, hey, listen, we don't know how the pieces will fit, but we think that there's enough talent there for this to be a championship team. What did you see from the team last night? And could this be potentially a turning point game? Turning point game, I wouldn't go that far. But the thing is that, I think you hit the nail on the head at the end of that, Arash, that this team, you know, with the Lakers is always going to be championship or bust. This team, right now, the Western Conference, besides the top three, Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah, it's a mess. Nobody yeah. else has separated themselves. So this team, you know, it's not going to be any consolation prize to Laker fans. They, they look like they could get to the second round, <laughs> which is, again, no consolation prize in Lakerland, but that four seed should be the objective. It should be the goal. Um, and I think it's very realistic. And speaking of which, the next opponent is the team currently sitting in fourth. So when you yeah. talk about a game that could be a measuring stick game, even without John Morant, there might not be a hotter team in the NBA right now than the Memphis Grizzlies, which you know, as I watched these NBA games, the game before the Lakers game was the Nets in Dallas on TNT. And watching NBA night in and night out, the mileage on these guys' bodies, in my opinion, is really starting to show from the bubble season to then, yeah. the, to then the previous season, which was very compact and condensed. And then this season, guys look slow 
and tired right now around the league, which do you know who that benefits? The Lakers, because if the game is slow and clunky and dysfunctional, who is the best slow, clunky, dysfunctional team in the league? (laughs) Like it benefits them because then the old guys can slow down the pace of the game. They can play defense. It's like when you take away the legs of the other teams, like besides Jason Tatum yesterday, nobody on the Celtics looked like they had any like legs. Dennis didn't even do anything. I was expecting Dennis to have 20. But, you know, if that's the case, we'll see. This The rest of this week, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Orlando should be no excuse to not go 0-3. Or, sorry, 3-0. and Especially yeah. considering the fact that Friday game in Oklahoma City needs to be circled big time on the calendar because you <laughs> cannot lose to the Thunder three times. Well, I totally thought about the two losses to the Thunder when – when you talk about potential worst teams in league history, we, we, we've, we've talked about that with the Thunder. It is really hard to, to lose a game by over 70 points in the NBA. That, that Grizzlies defeat of the... By the way, the Grizzlies did not even have John Morant in that game. And they're up by 78 points in the fourth quarter, and they went by 70. Uh, but you're 100% right. It, the, the, the issue with those two losses to the Thunder, when you look back at both of those games... I mean, they blew a 26-point lead in the first loss, and they blew a 19-point lead in the second loss. No team in NBA history has blown more than two 19-point leads, and they did it twice during the first nine games of the season. So um, 100%. I, I think this is a game that not only do you circle and have to win, but I think you do have to make a statement. You do have to kind of, um, you know, Listen, uh, th- this isn't a game where they can just um, say, you know what? Listen, we, if we win close, that's fine. No, they got to perform and, and really make a statement because they haven't had a, a, a statement win. Again, I'm not saying the Thunder beating the Thunder is a statement game, but they they need to kind of have a blowout win. And I don't know if they've had that this season, guys. I, I can't remember them going up by 20 in – closing that game out so um we'll see what they do there clippers and the it's clippers and celtics tonight by the way i posted the ticket prices and clipper fans took this as some kind of knock on their team which it's it's not if you wanted to go to last night's lakers celtics game you'd have to pay about 90 dollars to walk in the door that is the get in price you could get in tonight for six bucks that's actually a, a great deal. That's a great bargain. That's something to be celebrated. If you're a fan of the Clippers, you could go to your team's game. By the way, the majority of home games that they have this season, you could buy tickets for 6 bucks. And I, I, I do believe 6 is the cheapest you can make it because there is a cost associated with selling the ticket and service charges and things like that. I know for the Sparks, they go to a ton of Sparks games. Those tickets as well are six bucks. So I think six is the lowest you can you can make it. Uh, so we'll have to go to a game this year. I mean, uh, you know, to go see the Clippers. Um, so I'm on with the uh, Clippers now. Uh, do you and listen? I, I don't think there was any championship expectations for a team without Kawhi. They've, I mean, outside of beating the Lakers, that was a good win, but. They've, they've kind of hit this wall here. Um, 
this will be a big game for them, I think, in, in terms of getting back to, you know, I mean, the, the fact that, they, they, that they've lost two times in the past uh, three games to the Kings, not a good look there. Your uh, thoughts on this game tonight and more specifically about the Clippers? Well, they adjusted the starting lineup. They moved Eric Bledsoe to the bench. They moved Luke Kennard into the starting lineup. The Clippers, I think, should have the same goal as the Lakers, which is finish fourth or fifth so you avoid that juggernaut at the top of the Western Conference in the playoffs. Because if you do that, then, you know, Kawhi could potentially come back healthy and you have a chance to make a deep playoff run. The biggest thing is going to be that same thing, is the consistency night in and night out. The other night they had Portland, and Portland is basically, I I don't know if this is, uh, factually true, but I think they're they got to be the most injured team in the league. Minus yeah. Damian Lillard, minus CJ McCollum, minus a bunch of role players that they that they utilize. And the Clippers struggled all night, and they had to pull away in the last three minutes of the game. In my head, that was going to be a, a, an opportunity, as we talked about with the Lakers, to make a statement tonight. The Celtics' second night of a back to back, they did not look that great last night. Jason Tatum went nuts in the first half, and it didn't matter. The Clippers have no excuse. These are the type of games when you want to, you know, you have a goal in mind. You have to take care of business tonight. There's no excuse. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Sacramento was no excuse, and they couldn't handle business there. So this Clippers team, you never know what to expect, which is kind of the the theme with the L.A. team so far this season. No doubt. No doubt. And so, you know, I mean, I, I think whereas the, you know, the Clippers are actually playing above expectations. They're a playoff team. They're about 500. The Lakers, on the other hand, and, and, and listen, quite frankly, maybe the expectations were not aligned with reality, which happens with this team. But, you know, again, it wasn't just the Laker fans who were saying this is a championship team. GMs around the league in that preseason GM poll, they picked the Lakers. The odds makers pick the Lakers. So we'll see. Speaking of Vegas, speaking of the odds makers, uh, Jihei, you are in Las Vegas. You did your traditional secret pizza as soon as you got there, which is always a good place to go uh did you make it to the sports book yet what's your plan on that front what's your kind of best bets are you going to i know you love the futures and to be honest if you are a lakers fan out there who thinks that this team can turn around the season you could get great odds on them right now i'm not touching that one but uh ga what's uh what's the scene like in las vegas um it is jumping here like jumping it's crazy busy it's uh, uh, I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you, because I obviously came in on a Tuesday night thinking, okay, it's not going to be like that busy. I think people are waiting for the weekend, whatever. But um, there's a lot of conventions, I guess, in town. Um, I went to Aria's book just to watch yep. uh, the first half of the Laker game and then uh, went to uh, went to an actual bar to watch the rest of uh, the Laker game and and watch the and watch the Celtics lose, um, but yeah, it is jumping here. It it rained last night too, which that kind of was a bummer. But it was nice because I was inside and I didn't have to deal with the rain. Um, yeah, as far as odds are concerned, yeah, obviously I went straight to the book after I went straight to get Secret Pizza, um, which was always always good. Highly recommend Secret Pizza to everybody. I wish I kind of had more than one slice. Um, yeah, I mean Lakers are still at ten to one. 
Um, so if you do want to jump wow. on that grenade, yeah, if you still want to jump <laughs> on that grenade, go nuts. But um, I, I just I don't think that that's humanly possible. But everybody else's odds, they've, they've still stuck around. I mean, Golden State is still at 6-1. to one. Uh, Brooklyn is still favored to win it all. Uh, Milwaukee at 7-1. to one. Uh, Phoenix at 9-1. to one. So, I mean, uh, probably my personal best bet, my dark horse maybe, Utah at 11-1. to one. Uh, but that's kind of jumping the gun on that, on that one. But uh, yeah, the scene in Vegas is jumping. It's crazy busy here. It feels like it's back to normal. Yeah. But I will I will say this: when I was going back and forth, I think we got asked to put our masks on once. Yeah. So everybody's pretty much just it's back to normal here. It's not really. Uh, <laughs> it's not like LA where it, you're masked up pretty much majority of the time. So it's yeah, it's kind of nice to be honest with you and it's it's a beautiful day out right now in las vegas uh, i thought it was going to be really cold but it's not so best time of the year to come i guess no it's definitely great and and i've i've, I've always liked going there this time of year i'll probably head out there soon enough maybe for the broncos game so we'll see but um yeah definitely jealous obviously home away from home las vegas happy the show is on the air there on the fan um all right, so we, we do have to kind of get into sort of, you know, what what does the future hold for these two two teams? What is a realistic expectation for the Lakers, for the Clippers? Um, again, I, I think without Kawhi, and I do think we're going to get to a point at s- some point this season where, you know, if the Clippers are kind of in that 7-8 seed play-in game territory, I mean, I don't know if there's a reason to push Kawhi to come back. And I don't, listen, you're talking about the most secretive guy in the league. There is no, like, inside sources within his camp. I mean, Kawhi is going to do Kawhi. And so I don't think we're, we're, we're really truly going to know where he stands. I, I think we're going to basically be of the mindset that he's going to miss the season and then maybe one time uh, some point past the all-star break we're just going to hear like Kawhi is going to play next week and it's going to surprise us all so um you know with with the Clippers again if, if they can win tonight get back above 500 you know listen this is a team that I I, I think is playing a Above expectations, the Lakers obviously below expectations. And the issue that I have there, and Armana, I want to get your thoughts. I, I I just don't think that the pieces fit. For me, it's not it's not about health. A lot of fans out there are hanging their hats on. Hey, listen, like LeBron's missed like eleven games this season. Um, you know they don't have Trevor Ariza. Tht missed all those games. That's fine. The thing is, we've seen this team healthy. A, that's the number one. It's not like we haven't seen them. As far as long as the big three is on the court and healthy, that's all I really care about. This season will not be a, a good or bad season because of Monk or none or THT. So that's that. The other issue that I have is that their schedule through the first 24 games of the season when they went 12 and 12 was the easiest part of their schedule. You know, you you you're playing Houston multiple times. You're playing Oklahoma City multiple times. You're playing the Pistons twice. I mean, the fact that Laker fans wanted to say that those two wins against the Pistons again, the first game where you have to come back and there's that fight and like LeBron gets ejected and all that. Like, oh, maybe like maybe this is a turning point. The Pistons are one of the worst teams in the league. They're one of the worst teams in the league. So if you're telling me that a win over the Detroit Pistons where you had to come back 
in the second half is some kind of turning point. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. A turning point is if they found a way, you know, to maybe beat the Warriors, maybe beat the Suns, maybe beat Milwaukee, maybe not get blown out in those particular games. When you watch the, the this this team, are do the pieces fit our mom? Do can you envision a scenario where the light switch turns on and it's like, oh, that's what we thought we would see? No, <laughs> I, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot see that. I can. Th- I think that they can make it functional. I don't think that they can get to a point where they can actually beat Phoenix or Golden State in a best of seven. Now. Yeah. You had before the game last night, and I don't know how much the players actually hear these things, but I'm sure Anthony Davis had to have heard what Charles Barkley said about him, basically insinuating that he's the reason that the Lakers are not playing better, insinuating that he, I think he said, you're 27 years old and you're, you're supposed to be in the best shape of your life and you basically are nothing close to it right now. And these kind of wake up calls might might be what the Lakers need because if it's not going to happen now, when is it going to happen? I mean, the yeah. Western Conference right now, again, the the goal should be you're probably not going to catch Utah. You're definitely not going to catch Golden State or Phoenix. Fourth seed, all right? If you can get there, that's a start. You avoid a tough opponent in round one. You might even get the Clippers in round one. And then from yeah. there, you you move on and see what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that it, that is the goal. For as much as that they, as much as they've struggled, they can, like, if they win tonight, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of be in position to ser- seriously get the number four seed. And what do you get with that? Again, you get home court at least in round one. The goal for the Lakers is not to be a second round team, but right now, that should be their goal: top four seed, then the number four seed, home court in the first round. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we are going to hear from LeBron James, from Anthony Davis after last night's big win against the Boston Celtics. When we come back, right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio, the all-new and Mightier 1090 AM. Listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio, the all new and mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, the Lakers getting a big one last night against the Boston Celtics. Probably their best win of the season since they beat the Miami Heat last month. Again, they've only got four wins this season against teams above 500. And even though the Celtics are 13 and 12, they are the Boston Celtics. So anytime you could beat them in the last time they will ever play each other at what is going to be formally known as the Staples Center, that's a good win. Also happy to see the Lakers wearing their gold, the Celtics wearing their green. That's the way it should be in Los Angeles. Let's now hear... Uh, from some of the main participants in the game last night. We're going to hear from Frank Vogel. Again, he's essentially coaching for his job right now. Um, And they've won three of four games since he's officially been on the hot seat. Let's also, we're going to hear from LeBron James, from Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Again, big game for the big three. 
And who knows? Listen, the Lakers have won three of four games. If they can win tonight, they'll be in a strong position to perhaps be the number four siege, which should be their goal. All right, let's now hear from them right now. LeBron, uh, the fact that you guys had kind of a complete game, uh, it was closer in the first half, obviously, but you haven't had too many of them this year, and health is coming on your side. And Was there anything about this that could be a starting point um, as you guys move forward the rest of the season? Um, I just like the way uh, we competed tonight on both sides of the floor. Uh, a lot of intensity, yeah, a lot of ball movement. Um, you know, guys were attacking the rim, very efficient. Um, I think defensively, you know, besides the, the first 14 uh, avalanche on, on Tatum's part, uh, we locked in from that point on. So um, anytime we're able to um, you know, get stops like that, we are a very, very good team because one of the best teams in transition. And uh, we have a lot of guys that can attack the paint. Uh, we have a lot of guys that can make plays for others. And um, tonight is, was uh, as close to 48 minutes. It was one of the best games of the season as far as the way we just played the game. Uh, to your point defensively, um, after those first seven minutes, what, what were the things specifically that you guys really focused in on? And do you view, was this like, were there any discussions like we have to get there or was this just sort of a natural progression for this group defensively and the stuff that you guys have been kind of talking about since training camp? Um, you know, it's just always one of our keys. And uh, probably after those, like you said, after those first seven minutes, um, we just started to, you know, be more alert on our on our game plan that the coaching staff put together. You know, it's things that we've been working on over the last couple of days when we didn't have games. So uh, we was able to, um, you know, maximize our coverages. Um, we knew what our game plan was versus uh, every individual that was out on the floor, and uh, and we executed that, um, you know, to a close 40 minutes, um, you know, tonight. Eddie, you seem to have a slow start tonight, but your second half was fantastic. What changed from half to half for you? Um, energy. I mean, uh, lost the ball a couple times. That's uh, <clears throat> really it. You know, just coming out, I mean, teammates stayed in my ear. You know, Brian told me to scrap it. You know, everybody saying it's one half, you know, second half, let's go. Um, try to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, um, the good thing about it that we got a team, you know, that can pick up the slack when somebody's slacking. And then tonight was me and, you know, we had guys, Brian, Russ, you know, A.B., Taylor, you know, Malik. Um, all these guys came in and, and, and picked up the slack um, until I was able to find the rhythm. So um, that's really what it was, just coming out um, and just trying to do the intangibles, you know, rebounding. Um, talking on the defensive end, setting screens, you know, just trying to get guys open um, and let that just kind of play into my offense. Yeah. AD, you guys played these these guys like two weeks ago or whatever, and you and you said after that game that you guys really needed to lock in and have a sense of urgency going forward, and it's been up and down since then, right? You know, obviously LeBron's missed time. What has to happen now for you guys to – to, um, Maybe capture that now. I mean, and is that still is that still kind of the mantra yeah. at this point? <laughs> Tough ass shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, our our third quarters have been great, to be honest. Um, you know what we kind of struggled in the beginning of the year, and you know tonight we hold this team. You know, twenty points in the third quarter. Um, <clears throat> so just coming out coming out at a halftime with a better start. Um, 
and not coming out with those slow starts, you know, starting to turn over bad shots, you know, transition, things like that. But, you know, once we lock in defensively and, and do what we did tonight, um, you know, we're a tough team to beat, you know, so we just got to continue to build off this game um, as far as a defensive standpoint um, and carry that into the next two games, Memphis and OKC. Fans. LeBron, uh, you, you said after the Clippers hey, hey. game, you, you kind of w- went into that game knowing that you didn't kind of have it that or weren't going to have enough that night. Um, how are you feeling today? And then as an older team, how important is it Great. To, to win <laughs> to win games when you've had a couple days of rest? Um, yeah, I didn't feel great going into that game because I was put into solitary confinement. You know, so that was the main reason to that. Um, you know, for me, I don't really believe in you know, you know a lot of days in between, whatever the case may be. That's just, but that's just my mindset. I'm getting involved in how many minutes I've played or how old I am. I don't, I don't confine to that. I think you know when you think negative thoughts, negative energy, then it just creeps into your mind. So I'm as young as I've ever been, um, but it was a great game for us. We came in with a great game plan. And um, our coaching staff gave us a great game plan. It was up to us to go execute it, and we just tried to do that, um, you know, for as close to 48 minutes as possible. Hey, LeBron, five of the next six come on the road now, and you had mentioned last game you haven't played four consecutive games yet. Do you see this little stretch, even with the home game mixed in, as a, as a chance to start to find some of that rhythm for you and for the team? I mean, we'll see. You know, um, you just kind of live in the moment. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Hopefully I'm there. I'm on the floor. I'm, I'm there for my teammates. But you just you know, live in the moment right now, and we we'll get ready to get on this plane tomorrow, fly to Memphis, and you know, just live in the moment. So I'm proud of the team today. Proud of you know how we just came up with our mindset. Um, had our hard hats on from the beginning, and um, and, and played a heck of a game uh, from start to finish. Uh, I know you, you guys have talked about this as being a complete effort from everybody, but Russ has specifically talked about when he's able to take care of the ball, when he's able to have this sort of assist-to-turnover ratio, that's when he feels he can elevate the group. What specifically did he do for you all tonight? Um, I think in the beginning of the year, Russ was uh, a little bit passive. You know, he was trying to get guys involved, pass the ball, you know, He'd be at the rim, and you know he had one tonight. We tried to kick out to Melo. You know we could have laid the ball up, and you know we're just trying to tell him be himself. Like don't try to be anybody else. You know um, the more you're aggressive, the more it will open up for everyone else. And you know as of late, last you know seven to ten games, he's been very very aggressive. Um, and when he do that, you know it opens up the floor for everyone else as far as shooting. So um, you know he just has been on the attack mode. Uh, you saw. Tonight, uh, he went on a stretch in the third quarter where he, you know, just went downhill and, and, and finished. Um, and that's what you got to do. You know, before every game, I tell him to, to be yourself. Um, so that's what we, that's why we brought him here. You know, to be, to be Russell Westbrook and not, you know, anybody else but, but that. Frank, just wanted to know what you thought of the defense, specifically with that starting group, and it's something I know you've been monitoring uh, throughout the season. But how, how about that impact tonight? Yeah, much better. Than it's been, and uh, you know we learn about our, our group a little bit every game, you know, and uh, and we make we make our adjustments, and um, you know our group has a a great way of talking things out and having a group intelligence. You know, our coaching staff really evaluates what we're doing on a, on a game to game basis, and um, you know very proud of the defensive performance tonight. 
Um, you know, Boston had been a number two off, uh, rated offense in the league uh, over the last 10 games, and our defensive rating, which is the metric we use to measure our defense, was uh, was 104, uh, which would rank second. So, um, you know, big growth from from the other night against the Clippers. Uh, we limited the three-point line, and um, our guys played with great competitive spirit. Um, Frank, just so many different results from from last game, especially with the same starting group. I think the only other game that this group has started, um, the rebounding, the defense, what, what, what were some of the really key differences that you feel like from the last Boston game that this group really expanded on? Well, we rebounded the ball better and we contained the ball better. Um, and we had a much stronger presence in our gaps, you know, which is, you know, the guys behind the guy on the ball, you know, and, uh, you know, a strong emphasis to double team less, uh, to put uh, more onus on the man guarding the ball to to man up and guard his own. Um, you know, and if, if our help is in, in place and early, okay, and talking, okay, you give the guy on the ball confidence to, to pressure up. You know, I thought we had a lot of good uh, sequences um, with Russell, with Talon, with Avery, you know, where uh, those guys were gaining confidence because of the help behind them. Frank, it was another strong game for Russ tonight. I, if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't missed a game all, all season long. What's been the Correct. most reliable um, thing that he's brought to the season thus far for your group? Well, I'd say pace and pain attack. You know what I mean? Obviously, the energy and, and the edge that he plays with, you know, is always good for your group. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's relentless at attacking the basket, you know, and however the defenses guard him, you know, they try to sag and they try to get under and all that stuff, and he still finds a way. And, um, you know, if he's touching the paint and making great decisions when he gets there, you know, it gives us a lot of offensive support. Frank, uh, along those lines with Russ, he had 15 points tonight in the third, and this is, you know, now like the fourth or fifth time he's had these scoring outbursts in, in quarters where he's had like 15-plus. What are the factors that go into that that you kind of see when, when he is having a game like that? Yeah, it's 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 different every game. I mean, he plays... Um, Essentially, the way we rotate, he and Braun, he plays almost the whole first and almost the whole third. You know, so his numbers are going to be bigger in those in those quarters. Um, you know, and that's you know coming out of halftime. You know, a lot of times we've talked about you know uh, the, the slow third quarters that we've had. Uh, so we're challenging our guys to win the third quarter on a gamely basis, and um, you know maybe that's part of it. But you know, I think just the, the minutes and usage usage are up in those first and third quarters. Mark. What do you think moving forward will be key in being able to build off of momentum and establish a winning streak that's significant? I'm sorry, build off of what? What do you think will be key in building off and creating a new momentum so that you guys can have a significant winning streak? Well, like I said, we're learning more about our group each game. You know, we're making uh, adjustments to our defense, you know, both with scheme and personnel, you know, to, to put this group in position to succeed. And... Um, you know, all of those light little lessons each game that we learn, you know, we carry over <laughs> with what we can and cannot do. And, um, you know, that's that's the process we have to, to grow throughout the season. Um, you know, but the, you know, the energy and, you know, determination that we play with tonight, you know, has to be a, a constant. Dan? Frank, um, before the game, I asked you about LeBron's defense. He had a couple possessions tonight where he was... The one to Schroeder is the one that comes to mind where you've got an offensive foul, forced a turnover. How important is it 
for him to help set a tone on that side of the ball for you? What is what's it like when you when you see him playing with that kind of energy and intensity on the side of the ball? Do you see that trickle down to other guys? Yeah, LeBron is uh, is fantastic on both sides of the ball. You know what I mean? He sets a tone for us uh, with his voice. Uh, he's he's our quarterback on both sides of the ball. Um, defensively with, you know, barking out commands, getting guys in the right spot, and knowing our, our scheme uh, down to a T better than anyone on the floor. You know, so um, he always has a, a great positive impact to our defense. Um, hey, uh, you outscored the, the Celtics by uh, 24 points in the paint tonight, and uh, it seemed like your interior passing was as good as it's been this season. Can you speak to your success inside tonight? Um, you know, I think uh, largely because of the lineups. We played AD at the five the whole night. Um, you know, we didn't play any bigger lineups, uh, which is, you know, sometimes compromises your defense. But like I said, we're, we're looking at things where, you know, hopefully we can play those lineups without it compromising your defense. And, you know, if you give guys like Russ Braun and AD, you know, this, the, the open lane, you know, to attack, you know, hopefully we can, uh, we, have, we can have that type of night uh, in terms of attacking the paint. You know, hopefully we can add, you know, the three-point shooting to it as well. You know, we didn't shoot the ball that well tonight, uh, but still had a, st a strong performance. Last question, Bill. Hey, Frank, a moment ago you were talking about challenging your guys to win the third. Is, is, is the turnaround from what we saw earlier in the year as simple as that, or has there been a greater shift in kind of how you have approached um, adjustments you'll, you'll try to make at halftime or after halftime? No, it's bigger than just challenging, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're evaluating uh, around the clock every game that we play and, um, you know, making adjustments, you know. And we had a strong belief in what this group can accomplish. Um, you know, we knew there's going to be some bumps in the road early. This is expected to our group. And uh, we're staying locked in, staying together, and, you know, um, improving. You know, and, and we're, we're seeing growth each game. You know, sometimes there's wins, sometimes there's losses, but we're seeing growth each game. Russ, throughout the season, we've talked about all these different elements of playing at home and playing in L.A. Um, does, be, does being part of a big Lakers win over the Celtics and all that goes into that history resonate with you in any kind of special or meaningful way? Overall um, you know, I've been hearing about it. Everybody's been kind of talking about it um, as a rivalry, but... Um, as a player and for myself, you kind of want to make sure you approach all games the same, but also understanding the significance of this particular game. So that's kind of where my mindset was, and it was a good win for us. Russ, are you talking about the significance of this game for this team or the significance of, of the rivalry? And also the, there was a moment in the third where Celtics called timeout because you guys and you personally were on – a major run and you got to kind of enjoy the moment with the crowd um those moments haven't come all that often this year what was that moment like for you it's good that's who i am what i bring to the table it's what my teammates need for me um i'm going to be able to share my energy my spirit uh, with the rest of the fans the rest of the world and um have fun while doing it this game is something i don't take for granted uh so while i play it i like to have fun while doing it Russ, was this kind of the blueprint for how you, LeBron, and AD can kind of coexist in the right word, but all kind of have your moments at different points in the game? Obviously, LeBron off to the really good start. AD, good fourth quarter, good end of the third quarter, your third quarter. Is this sort of how that, is mean, this sort of the idea when it kind of came together? Uh, listen, I mean, the, the game 
we'll always tell you what to do. No, we have a unique team, as you guys know, and we have guys that can take over a game at any point. Um, and whether it's me starting off, AD, Braun, whatever it is, the game, for me, I always believe the game is able to do it. Like, Braun felt like he had it going, and our job is to make sure we find him. AD, vice versa, um, do the same thing. So tonight was a way they're kind of all laid out, and it kind of worked out for us. Um, and it worked for us tonight, but we don't know. I don't know the blueprint. Um, all I know is that we won. So if that's the blueprint, then hell yeah, winning is the blueprint. Hey, Russ. Uh if winning is the blueprint, Frank was talking about how, you know, good defense for this team, that tends to lead to good offense. So yeah. is it something where you just have to feel this kind of consistency for a little bit and then you guys are off to the races? Or is it a matter of knowing you can do it? Is it a matter of effort? Uh, we know we can do it. Um, and tonight we locked in and not just uh, for one quarter our spurts, but I thought we did a good job consistently getting stops on demand, making it tough. Uh, for them and for, you know, the things they wanted to do, taking things away. Um, and once we go on the break, it's hard to stop us on the break, um, and that's our advantage. But it starts with our defense. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago there was a sort of this, the team was talking about the third quarters and how slowly you guys were starting third quarters. Over the last seven games, you're averaging 10 points per th third quarter. It's best among the team. Did you take any of that challenge personally is, is sort of a halftime the time for you to personally reset and find a way to take charge um definitely i think you know um as a player when and especially as a point guard when uh, you come out and my job is to make sure our team is ready to go and then we're not um i take that responsibility on myself um just watching film and figuring out how i cannot you know let us low to sleep and make sure that I keep my energy flowing in the right direction so uh, my teammates can follow. All right, that was Frank Vogel, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, that, that, that was a win the Lakers needed to have. Now they are, uh, you know, in a position to perhaps win four or five going up against the Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently the fourth seed. I think when you look at goals for this season, that has to be the next goal. I, I, I don't see a scenario where they're catching the Warriors or the Suns, you know, perhaps there's an outside chance that they catch the uh, Jazz, but I even think that's a stretch. Goal for them, get the number four seed, get home court, win round one, and, you know, listen, see where, what happens. Like, anything can happen. Obviously, you have to stay healthy, but uh, perhaps, just maybe, just maybe, things are turning around for the Lakers again, I, no one thought that this team would be twelve and twelve through the first twenty-four games. But you know, we string some wins together, and l let's see, uh, you know, how this season plays out. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it. Brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him. Blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson. Court cases keep them guessing. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.